Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Partners in Crime, Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Coming to you on a beautiful Thursday here from the state of Michigan. Uh, we're going to get into a couple football topics here. We'll finish with basketball recruiting as well. But we're going to talk about the Michigan offense. Sharon Moore was on with John Jansen on the Into Trenches podcast this week. Uh, had some interesting things to say we will go over a few Big Ten over-under win totals set by Las Vegas, some of the things that stand out to us uh, with those. And then, like I said, get to hoops recruiting here as we put together our basketball recruiting issue of the Wolverine magazine, which you can buy at the WolverineOnDemand.com. George Washington the third uh, guard signee is on the cover, a very presidential uh, signee there. So check us out there. Also, $29.99. Gets you premium access at thewolverine.com, all the access to the message board for six months. Uh, so go and do that now. And please, if you're watching on YouTube, like this video if you want Michigan to win the national championship in January. So if you don't want them to win the national championship, that's fine. We got some Sparty lurkers out there, Buckeye, but just don't like the video. Uh, but if you like Michigan, if you want Michigan to win the national championship, you'll like this video. So uh, do that. Subscribe to the channel as well. Before we get into it, Let's talk about our friends at My Perfect Franchise. Andy Ludicky, uh is our buddy over there. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner. He helps people find franchises to fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free. And he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. 
He's on our message board over at thewolverine.com. I know he's been pretty active over there, but you can reach Andy Ludicky at www.myperfectfranchise.net. We see the website there for the folks watching on YouTube. Hit him up on the phone, 404-973-9901. His email is andy at myperfectfranchise.net. You can also book a time with him on his calendar on the website as well. Again, 100% free consultation. Uh, so go check out Andy there. Um, I do want to say, I do want to say one yeah. thing. We, we've talked to Andy, and uh, he seems like a really good down-to-earth guy. And sure. uh, so I just want to give him a little plug. So, uh, again, we you know, our sponsors, uh, you know what, we, we support them. and uh, But we are going to be honest in our opinions, and uh, he really is a, is a really good guy. Yeah, we met with him before he signed up with us you know to be a sponsor and he was telling us all about like just the amount of people he's helped uh through other college fan sites uh, across the country as well so we're like hey it's perfect fit um and i know we've had some positive feedback from subscribers over at the wolverine already so support andy over there again 100 free so no reason not to if you're interested um let's talk some michigan offense fellas uh sharon moore as we said joined john jansen this week for his in the trenches uh, podcast, um, and we can just throw out a few of the interesting things he said. Uh, CB, I'll start with you. What was kind of the biggest thing that uh, that you took away from that appearance, or most uh, interesting thing that Sharon said? Yeah, two things. You know what? He was talking about the 2021 line that won the Joe Moore Award winner, and he was talking about the weak links on it, you know, and how this line is kind of ahead of that. I think he's talking in terms of depth, uh, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. The last two years, I think this has the potential to be his strongest line, even when you lose a guy like Ryan Hayes, Olu Oluwatimi. I think Craig Nugent's going to step right in there, and they've got two guys there and Greg Crippen and Raheem Anderson that could also play the position well. So it reminds me of the early 90s lines when you had a bunch of NFL guys waiting their turn, uh, and guys aren't leaving. They're sticking around, and I love that. I love the competition. And I love the the big uglies, man, is, is you know what, that's what win ball games. Ask Ohio State the last two years. You know what, lines of scrimmage are pretty wide receivers. You know what, snow flurries, no snow flurries. They got their asses whooped on both lines of scrimmage. So uh, that's what I love about this program. Again, it feels like old times. So, and then when he was talking about J.J. McCarthy, like I wrote today, you know, looked like he was playing in a video game in the spring. And we'd heard that about him. Uh, the one thing, you know what, I will talk about J.J. McCarthy's talent. But the one thing I love most about him is his humility. And you know what? A guy like that is going to be a winner. He's going to be a great leader, and people are going to follow him. So he's got all the skills. We know that. But on top of that, he is one of the most down-to-earth kids that you could ask for. So love that about him. Uh, loved everything I heard from Sharon Moore, and I've sung Sharon Moore's praises forever. I think he's a future head coach, maybe even at Michigan down the road. He can pick his spots. That's how popular he is and how hot he is right now. You hear about these hot young coaches, and sometimes they don't pan out. I don't see that in any way, shape, or form for Sharon Moore, who, again, also a humble guy, but an outstanding football mind. So loved everything I heard. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of the J.J. McCarthy thing, uh, you know, going back to what Morse said about, you know, being able to be more explosive through the passing game, which is something I feel like I've been harping on for two years here. But, um, you know, Moore basically said, you know, there are areas where they need to be able to, you know, exploit and stretch those defenses out more. And, you know, I, I think when people talk about, you know, expanding Michigan's passing game, oftentimes it's been, oh, well, they need to throw the ball more. They need to take more shots down the field. And, you know, we've, we've all discussed it here. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you just need to be a little bit better 
converting on those opportunities that you do have. And Sharon Moore more or less said that too. Um, you know, ball placement needs to be better. Uh, guys have to hold on to the football, a couple deep balls down the field where, you know, guys had their fingertips on them and, and you got to make those plays. You got to come up. You can't leave to be a national champion. There is no meat you can leave on the bone. I feel like that's something that um, that was a phrase that we heard in almost every post game press conference. It felt like last year or, or when guys would talk about what that next step is for them. So uh, for me, I think there's uh, you know, there is a self-awareness of this whole football operation right now where, you know, when things are so good, you look to the margins where you can improve. And I don't think they have to really fundamentally, it's been a talking point this week. You know, what is, what do they have to do to take that next step as a program, as an offense, as a defense, you know, all three phases of the game. Uh, to me, it's, it's all on the margins. It's doing the little things a little bit better, not leaving those opportunities on the field. And, uh, you know, I just think with more experience, you know, people forget JJ McCarthy was a, you know, he's, he wasn't, you know, a generational guy right out of, right out of the box. And he's still, you know, working on things that could, you know, has could put him into contention to be drafted fairly highly either next year or the year after that. Uh, but still a guy who was making the first 13 starts of his career and, you know, with a full off season under his belt, uh, you know, more synergy between he and Sharon Moore, which, you know, they've had a relationship going back to, his recruitment. I mean, it's just when you have that type of continuity and communication, you do have the ability to improve on the margins. So uh, for me, I think that's the fact that more in Michigan see that I think is, uh, you know, I think they're a little less stubborn than people think they are when it comes to how they're going to be offensively this year. Yeah. And I think to go along with that, when you just look at this Michigan offense as a whole, and it ties in with JJ as well, it just feels like this year they have the opportunity to build more off of the year before with the pieces you have coming back. I mean, the offensive line is a little bit plug and play, but I mean, most of the receiving core, I know Ronnie Bell's a, a decent loss, um, but you have Blake Corum back. You have Donovan Edwards back. You have JJ McCarthy back uh, and others, but now JJ isn't competing for the starting job. He's healthy for one and two, this is his offense. They can make those corrections that Sharon talked about different things that they're trying to do. Uh, differently and better this coming season. Uh, and then another thing with that is building off of what you can do with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, because both have to play a lot this season. Um, and really last year, we didn't get a chance to see what it looked like all that much when they were both healthy at the same time. Donovan gets hurt about midway through the season. Then he gets hurt again at the end of the season. Blake goes down uh, after him. Donovan comes back, but he has one arm. So we didn't really get to see the full Donovan Edwards. We didn't really get to see uh, what that full package looks like as a tandem. Uh, and I was thinking about it today. I mean, the one time we kind of did was the Iowa game, and I thought it worked perfectly. And, you know, probably Donovan will have a bigger role this coming season. But here was, here was a stat line from the Iowa game. 29 carries for Blake, 133 yards, one touchdown. Donovan, five carries, 29 yards, four catches, 21 yards, and that one touchdown. Uh, on a fantastic play by J.J. McCarthy to get out of the pocket and, and hit Donovan in the back of the end zone. But it can look more like that. And then I'd say even put more uh, of Donovan Edwards on the field. But uh, your guys' thoughts on, you know, Sharon, he doesn't give away much, uh, and especially when it comes to this. I know, CB, you asked him this in the spring as well, and he was basically like, I can't tell you that. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's going to be something, um, you know, with these two on the field together, coming yeah. in for each other. And when we talk about depth and how deep Michigan has become at running back, it's not just 
for when a guy goes down like we saw last year. It's for the times when you can use them both in the same game and at the same time. You have to, right, when you have talents like this. And I don't care if it's in the slot, if you do two back sets and, you know, you run different uh, formations with these two guys on the field at the same time. But when you've got a guy like that, that Mike Hart, the running backs coach, said could probably start at a lot of a lot of programs in the country as a receiver, then you need to get him out on the field. It's very clear that, that he's a home run hitter and that he's a special talent. So you've got to use that. He can't be on the bench as a backup. And I don't want to take that many carries away from Blake Corum. I'll be honest, as much as as explosive as Donovan Edwards was at times, it was kind of, you know, hit or miss. Uh, and it was more like, you know what, it reminded me of Bianca Matuka and Wheatley back in the day when Wheatley, you know, got loose, you know what, boom, there he goes, kind of like Donovan Edwards. And I'm not saying they're similar backs. I'm just saying that's just the kind of the way it worked out. And then with Blake Corum, I just feel like, you know what, he's going to make something out of nothing more often, and he's going to get you, he's kind of like Mike Hart, going to get you the five yards when he should have gotten three, or maybe get you the nine when he should have gotten four, stuff like that. So, uh, but there is a way, uh, clearly, uh, coaches have done it in the past, and clearly, as Sharon Moore said, they are going to have a plan for it. So, and he's a smart guy. I, I have no doubt that we are going to see more of those two guys on the field together, and and you have to. So, uh, love Blake Corum, love Donovan Edwards. And again, these are two guys that are so humble. That's what's so special about this team is that they are such great workers uh, and kind of like our team, right? We all root for each other and to do well, a rising tide raises all ships is what they say. And uh, these guys are all for each other. So it should be fun to see how it plays out in the fall. Yeah. You know, there was all this talk last off season where, Oh, well, AJ Henning, uh, who, just transfers to Northwestern right before we uh, hop on here. So congrats to him. I mean, I, a mid twenties guy with two degrees from two of the best, you know, public institutions in the country living out his early twenties in Chicago. I mean, he's living the dream right now, but there was a lot of talk with him last year about how, Oh, well, you know, Michigan wants to thinks he could be their version of Debo Samuel. And, um, you know, it never, it was never a one-to-one comparison. I think that was always just kind of, they wanted to use a guy like that as a versatile offensive weapon, but um, not the same body type, not the same skill set. I almost feel like though, that's kind of something that you can maybe unlock here with Donovan Edwards, um, you know, similar body types, um, you know, Donovan Edwards to me, he's a lot of people would, would have told you this coming out of high school. He's more of like a slot receiver. That's still learning to play running back. You know, you know we've talked about, some of the improvements he needs to make, you know, snap to snap. It's at times it can be kind of feast or famine with him. Um, you know, still learning how to run between the tackles. Um, the vision is something that is still kind of coming along and improving, uh, but he's a home run every time he touches the football and assuming he stay health, he stays healthy to me. That's a guy that could, you know, could rack up, you know, close to a thousand yards rushing and, you know, five or 600 receiving yards, um, you know, what we're seeing now, I mean, for him, offensive weapons, you know, people are throwing running back draft grades out the window. Now you see a guy like Jameer Gibbs going the first round, which it was the Lions. So caveat there, they <laughs> things the way the other teams do. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's more about being a versatile offensive weapon. And I think that's why Donovan probably has a chance to get drafted a little bit earlier than Blake Corum. Um but the versatility, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, continuing to, you know, I think you can get him involved without taking carries away from Blake Corum. Uh, but Donovan Edwards is a guy that there's no reason you shouldn't get that guy, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game and assuming his health holds up and 
know, he holds on to the football and all that. I mean, just that's just something else where you talk about improving on what's already there. Just being healthy, I think, would pay huge dividends for this offense, being just that much more explosive than they were last season. Oh, by the way, Northwestern is a private university, but the point stands. I was just looking it up because I thought, hey, man. And here's the thing, still one of the best universities in the country. But uh, I had to do a double take because I thought it was private. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, it doesn't matter. I just, I'm just that way, OCD. The sentiment stands. Yes. For I have sure. a five-minute timeout now. <laughs> no, me. Yeah. For bringing it up, <laughs> yeah. AJ Henning has his degree from Michigan, two Big Ten championship rings. He's headed back home, uh, near home to Evanston, as you said, AB, for an offense that ranked 128th in the country in scoring last year. So he'll he'll contribute right away and earn a graduate degree. I mean, life is good, I think, for AJ Henning. So I wish him all the best for sure. And, and going back to your point on Donovan too, as a receiver, I mean, there were games I went to about five of his games when he was a senior in high school. There were games where he played more receiver than running back, even in high school. Um, he was split out wide, especially against Clarkston. They had all these big guys in the middle. Well, Ron Bellamy just spread them out, had Donovan as a receiver and a Wildcat quarterback. And um, they lost that game in overtime. Really tough loss. But he was fantastic in that role. I thought, you know, probably give him the ball more as a running back. But, you know, Ron Bellamy is a much better coach than me. Um, but he actually threw a touchdown in that game, too. Uh, from the wide receiver spot, shades of what would happen a year later in the Big Ten Championship, but it got called back. Um, but So Donovan Edwards, just a dynamic athlete, and as good as he was at the end of last season, especially in the Big Ten Championship in the Ohio State game, that was one arm Donovan Edwards. Um, so I'm excited to see him back at full health, and, uh, and same with Blake as well, which is coming, and we will see that uh, together. Uh, anything else on the Michigan offense before we hit on and we'll talk about Northwestern maybe a little bit, or at least run down their uh, over/under win total. But uh, once we get to some of these uh, odds, but anything else on the uh, on the offense? Uh, hoping that Cornelius Johnson is really as improved as Sharon Moore said he was, because if they can get a guy, you know, nine hundred to a thousand yards, and you know, we, it, on on the surface it doesn't look like Johnson can be that guy, but I think he's going to get more targets this year, and I think Roman Wilson's going to have a pretty big year too. I think he's going to have his best year as a receiver. Got to stay healthy. Yeah, just a quick thing on on both Cornelius and Roman Wilson. I mean, I, you just need those guys to give you the five, the four or five catches per game that they would at times. You can't have them disappear for two or three weeks at a time. Exactly. Where one or two of them only has one or two catches. So uh, consistency is is huge there. And I feel like too. I mean, we'll see what guys like Darius Clemens do, and Tyler Morris expect him to to play a big factor in the slot, but. Maybe even a, a pared down wide receiver rotation might be better just for continuity's sake. Um, I know Cornelius hardly ever comes off the field anyway, but you know Roman getting out there a little bit more, I think that'll help his consistency. It felt like with injuries midseason both years too, it kind of just disrupted the flow of his year. And then we saw him finish strong both years and start strong last year especially. But if he can just continue that, I think Roman Wilson is going to lead the team in receiving. That's my that's my prediction, uh, and we will. We will see about that, but uh, but they got some options there for sure. Um, so let's move on to some Big Ten over-under win totals. Anthony uh, did his predictions over-under on each Big Ten team, so go and check that out over at thewolverine.com. Great stuff. Uh, but I will just list them out here, and then we can talk about any uh, interesting ones, and a lot of these, obviously, Michigan will play most of these teams, but we will start, uh, and there they are up on the screen as well. Uh, thanks to our producer, Megan. But Illinois with six and a half wins, 
Indiana, three and a half wins. Iowa, seven and a half wins. Maryland at seven and a half. Michigan at ten and a half. Michigan State, five and a half. Minnesota, seven and a half. Nebraska, six and a half. Northwestern, three and a half. Ohio State, ten and a half. Penn State, nine and a half. Purdue, five and a half. Rutgers, three and a half. Wisconsin, eight and a half. Um, you have the Michigan, Ohio State, you know, those two teams at the top. You have Penn State that's kind of right there. You have teams like Michigan State uh, who are vying for bowl games. Uh, what stands out to you guys out of that group? AB, you can go first. Obviously, you wrote this fantastic article. Yeah, I would, I would talk about the article really quick, just with a caveat. It's kind of where I'm leaning on some of these over-unders right now. I mean, we've got got a huge big 10 preview that we'll be putting together soon for our football preview magazine. So this was kind of, that was kind of the cursory kicking that off for me. So um, go check out that column, just kind of where I'm leaning right now. I mean, a couple things that stood out were uh, Wisconsin at eight and a half wins, given that they're in a coach, like Luke Fickle's a tremendous coach, probably the best head coaching candidate of school like Wisconsin can realistically land. I mean, I thought that was a good get for them, but it just, they're kind of far and away when you look at the betting odds, like the not far and away, but um, you know, one of the favorite, you know, basically the favorite to win the big 10 West. And I just feel like it won't be that easy in year one with a new head coach. So that one I'm probably would lean under on that. Um, Iowa. I mean, if there were a couple games last year where the, if they could even have just gotten themselves to 10 points on offense, they probably <laughs> win 10 games and, you know, I know time yields all wounds, and I feel like the Cade McNamara stuff is kind of in the rearview mirror, but he's the best quarterback they've had, you know, in a while. So I think that seven and a half wins for them, I think the over on that, I mean, that's probably, to me, that's probably the favorite to win the Big Ten West. Uh, so we'll see there. Uh, I think Nebraska has a shot, a shout out again to Megan, has a shot to do uh, hit the over on that. I think that the, uh, I think that that's actually going to be a transition that hits a little faster than maybe a school like Wisconsin or, or Purdue, for example, uh, a couple others that stood out, uh, Northwestern, uh, Hey, shout out AJ Henning again. Uh, but Northwestern just three and a half seems low. I know they've, they've had a rough few years. They're four and 20 the last two seasons that it feels like they're due for, um, kind of, kind of being back on the upswing and then Michigan state five and a half. Uh, you know, I just look at that roster and I, I don't, I see five wins. I, I see probably five wins right now on there. So the under on that is where I would lean. But other than that, I mean, everything kind of feels, everything kind of feels accurate on here. Um, three schools at the top, not surprising at all. And yeah, it's, I don't think, I think this is going to be a year. I don't know if there's anyone is going to be clearly the worst team in the big 10. I think that middle to lower tier is just kind of beat, going to kind of beat up on each other while the class of the conference just kind of takes care of their business. As a Chippewa, you kind of conceded that game to Michigan State already, huh? They're going to be that bad? Uh, I mean, half half of uh, CMU's campus is just chock full of Michigan State fans anyway, so uh, it's, it already kind of feels like an L. But, uh, hey, they've got a, they had a pair of wins in the 90s. They had one, I think it was uh, 2008 or something like that. It's happened before, so we'll see. But, yeah, MSU is kind of, um, uh, I don't know, I don't want to stoke the flames of the rivalry here, but I just, I just don't see it with them. Okay. Uh, you know what? I would agree with you on Wisconsin. I believe a new system too, right? I mean, they aren't going to be running that power football that they've been running for how many years. And so, you know, you think about going from Rich Rod to, or going from Lloyd Carr to Rich Rod and, 
you know, these guys are have a lot to learn. So I'm with you. I think Iowa wins the West. I would I wouldn't doubt if Minnesota finished ahead of Wisconsin too. So Wisconsin is going to be one of the more interesting ones to watch. And in time, I think that program will be really really strong. So under Luke Fickle, who has really proven himself as a coach, so. I do like the over with Iowa as well. I like Michigan to win 11 games, as I've said. They're basically saying, is Michigan going to lose one or two, right, is is what it's coming down, or none, one or two. And um, so I don't think they're going to lose two lo- lose two games in the regular season, and I'm assuming this is regular season that we're talking about. So, um, But uh, I'm with you on Northwestern. I've said I think Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach. It was funny seeing him behind – Mel Tucker, I think at number 10, you know, you've got to take his whole body of work into consideration when you look at the job that he's done at Northwestern. And yeah, the last few years have been tough for him, but you know, he's done things at at Northwestern that a lot of people wouldn't have expected him to do. So uh, Indiana, that seems about right. Maryland's going to be an interesting one. We were talking about the best quarterbacks in the big 10. Did you overlook Tolia, uh, Clay, when you were, when you were putting that on there, or you just think those other guys like Aller and those guys will be better? Yeah, I just think, Talia basically at this point kind of is what he is. I, I like him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's solid, but I think in terms of the the biggest threats, and, and a lot of it has to do probably with the supporting cast, which isn't mm-hmm. fair necessarily. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think at this point we kind of know what he is, and I think there's going to be higher upside for the Penn State and Ohio State quarterbacks. Okay. There you go. I'm good yeah, with it. Man. That's all I got. <laughs> and I'm looking at it here. It's like there's, there's what, five teams – projected to go under 500 Michigan gets to play four of those teams which I think is is favorable and it was funny when I was talking to Tom Deanhart who does a fantastic job for Golden Black our Purdue site uh, before the Big Ten championship came and we were just kind of you know shooting the breeze after we got the interview done for our opponent preview and I was like man it's impressive you know I like Jeff Brom and kind of what he's done he's like and it's funny too because he said well it looks like he'll he'll be staying which he wasn't because mm-hmm. no one knew that Satterfield was going to jump ship to Cincinnati and you know, fickle starts the whole domino effect. But um, he's like, yeah, it looks like he'll be staying, but he's like, I don't think they're going to get back here for a long time. If they ever do, um, I believe is, is exactly what he said. And I was like, Oh, interesting. And I said, yeah, well, you know, Purdue comes to the, the big house next year. And he said, yeah, they lose a lot. They're not going to be very good. And sure enough projected at five and a half. So, you know, Purdue, it feels like with a lot of these big 10 West teams, you kind of got to take advantage and, try to make it as far as you can when you can, because there's just so many, they just cannibalize each other over there. And you think one team's going to win it. And going into the last weekend of the regular season last year, and weren't there like three or four teams in play and none of them had impressive records and Purdue comes out of it. But I have no clue what to make of, of Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and Iowa. I think any, any one of those three teams could win it. So we will see uh, on those. I think it's, it's fortunate to an extent that Michigan, doesn't have to play Wisconsin. I do think Fickle's a good coach, and, and he's made some really big transfer portal pickups there. Um, but what do you guys think about Michigan at 10.5? Would you take over or under? Over. I think they're going to have either one. I think they're going to have one loss going into the Ohio State game. And just because, man, it is so hard. And I understand that each year is, is unique, but a lot of things have to go right to be undefeated in the Big Ten. And I do think they beat Ohio State for a third straight time. Do they lose in Happy Valley? Uh, it's possible. It's a tough place to play, guys, and we've seen that. We've seen uh, Michigan go up there and, and struggle uh, with some better teams than, than uh, 
you know, this is this is going to be the best team that they've taken there, in my opinion. But uh, to me, you know what? I don't see other losses, any other losses on the schedule, with the exception of perhaps that one. So they're always, you know what? There's always a danger when you go to like at Nebraska than at Minnesota. You know, you got two long road trips, and then one okay. of those is going to be close, right? You would think so, and everybody's, oh, that's stupid. How can you think so? Well, look at Illinois. Look at Nebraska two years ago. Look at you know what? It's just not the cakewalk that you think it's going to be, folks, and it, and it almost never is, even for for the best teams in the country at times, you know, the highest rated teams in the country. Look at Ohio state was in the playoff last year, got taken to the wire by Maryland last year. Right. Um, so uh, Georgia was in games with, you know, they should have lost at, what was it at Tennessee? I think, or what was it? They were down. No, Missouri. 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 Yeah, Missouri. Right. So, you know what, you, you just, it's just not the breeze that you think it is. And, and there are a lot of, you know, these kids are human uh, and it's just tough. So, uh, to me, it's an 11 and one season. Uh, probably, if I had to pick a loss right now, I'd say at Penn State. I reserve the right to change that, but then I think they beat Ohio State and then they're back in the Big Ten championship game. Maybe yeah, it, it's hard to do what they did last year mm-hmm. uh, because it felt so easy. It was so clinical most of the year. Uh, but as that Illinois game showed you, I mean, um, earmuffs for the little kids out there. Every single year, you had there is at least one oh shit game that you're not, it's not supposed to be close or you have to kind of escape by the skin of your teeth. Um, and then there's probably, let's just call I mean, there, there's probably going to be a loss in there somewhere. Like it, maybe there is, I, I shouldn't say probably, but um, when, when you go on the road and, and play Nebraska, Minnesota, um, you know, I, I don't expect them to be good, but there's always been some, some weird stuff that happens in East Lansing. And then you go to Penn state um, it's going to be tough to get through this thing unscathed. And if you do, you know, as a couple years ago showed, if you lose one somewhere, it's not the end of the world, as long as you take care of business and that one at the end of the year against Ohio state. And I think one of the bold takes I'm workshopping it. I don't know how strongly I feel about it yet, but uh, we're looking at those over unders and you have Ohio state at 10 and a half. I feel like Ohio, there's a chance that Ohio state, splits those games against Notre Dame and Penn state. And and I do think they will, that Michigan will win that game. So you know, maybe the under on Ohio state might be the play too. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of workshopping that, but I just, I don't, I get the, the, the PFF has 12 of their guys in the top 100, but that just, that's projection to me um, that there, there's an identity crisis there right now. And it seems like they're still kind of doubling down on that and building their fantasy football roster. But I think just, I, I, I don't, I don't see it with them. I see them having higher odds to win a national title. And I see them with higher odds to win a big 10 title. And, you know, that's all based on where the money's coming in at, but uh, I just, in the here and now, I just, I feel pretty strongly about where Michigan stands over them. So that would kind of be my, uh, the summation of how I feel about all this right now. <coughs> Soft. <laughs> Uh, are you talking about Ohio State? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Thank you for making it less subtle. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's not subtle. Totally I, mean, I, watched, I watched the 2021 game last night. Yeah. I'll probably watched the 2022 game later today. It's not subtle. It's on yeah. film, and it's right. all over social media now. So yeah. It's yeah. not subtle at all. Well, sure. I, was just, I was trying. I was trying to do it subtly, and then Clay called he was me trying to be exposed. That's my bad. Yeah, there was nothing subtle about the pounding that they gave in the trenches, man. That was beautiful. Uh, it's amazing because there was like, we need to pass more. We need, you know, more big plays and stuff like that. There is nothing better. And I'll say it until I die 
than lining up against a, a team and getting five, 10, 15 yards at a, at a time, and then not be them not being able to stop you. That last drive in the Ohio State game in twenty twenty one was gorgeous. Uh, that's what football should be. And they did they did hit on some big plays. Sure in the they did. Game. Yeah, they saved some things and. Yeah. You know, they proved that they could do it, and J.J. McCarthy was outstanding in that game. And I think you can only build off of those, you know, type of performances. But definitely, I got Michigan over 10.5 as well. Um, and I just do want to say this before we move on. You're looking at these over-unders, you know, gambling, Vegas. If you're a college athlete out there, don't gamble on this stuff, all right? <laughs> Especially if you're in the state of Iowa. So, uh, Or if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-DON'T-GAMBLE. Yeah, or whatever it is. And I do hope those kids that the Iowa student athletes that gamble, I hope they had the unders in their games last year. I mean, you know, they could That's, could be worth it. Shame. You know, they could have some money. Holy right smokes! Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, the Kirk Ferentz uh, AI was fantastic yeah. <laughs> when he said it was an aptitude. It wasn't point saving. That <laughs> was classic. Oh lord! If you haven't so seen good. it, if you haven't seen it, Google it, folks. Yeah, it was like a deep fake of uh, Kirk Ferentz basically saying that uh, his son, Brian, the offensive coordinator was not shaving the hell out of points last year. Uh, so, it was yeah, just ineptitude. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty realistic. I think It was. Um, yeah. Scary. That was really good. So uh, yeah, go check that Clay, out. If you haven't, what's the um, line from succession clay? Uh, I love you, but you're not serious people. It's exactly the line. There yeah. I love you, Iowa. We'll see what happens this year. Um, so let's move on to our final topic. Uh, we'll hit quickly on some Michigan basketball recruiting and CB uh, 2024. You know, Michigan has Christian Anderson in the fold. Uh, fantastic shooter. Obviously, I uh, feel like he's every time I go on Twitter, there's a new like award he got or record he broke uh, in the state of Georgia. But uh, it seems like a great kid as well um but also searching for more guards there it looks like in in 2024 they want some competition um and then uh you know some other targets as well you put up hot boards this week over at the wolverine.com so those interested check those out and obviously he's not going to give everything away but um as we put together this uh magazine our issue on the basketball recruiting class and, and looking ahead a little bit what does the future hold, it seems like, for the 2024 class? Two things that stand out. Really, they're stronger with the 25s than they are the 24s. And uh, not pursuing John Bowl anymore, which I thought was interesting. A 7-2 kid um, who has got a lot of potential. But, you know, maybe looking for different things than Michigan is offering. So uh, Christian Anderson and his dad, what a great family, man. And, and you know what? When I was talking to his dad, he said he, Juwan basically offered his kid when he was five six, 110 pounds is what he said. And now he's growing. He's closer to six foot. Uh, we'll have a story up on him today, and they're talking about how he's still growing. I'll tell you what, if he gets to about six two, six three, that kid could be pretty special with the way he shoots the ball. So, But you can't have enough guards, and that's why they're continuing to look for guards, looking in-state. Uh, Jarrell Brooks is a kid we've been talking about that you know we didn't have on the hot board. We thought maybe – you know what? Uh, they've moved on from him. He's not a great shooter, but they're they're looking at him again. So keep an eye on that one. And um, Boogie Fland is a, an elite kid that they brought in for a visit. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to land, especially. Uh, you know what? They got to get their NIL game up, and that's not Juwan's fault or anybody else's fault, but Michigan. And that you know what? They're still working on it. Uh, football has made a lot of progress, but to me, uh, they need more help. 
So um, I commend Je Jawan for the, the rosters that he's put together. Last year's didn't work, okay, with Jet Howard. It just, whatever it was, the dynamics just didn't work. And uh, they should have been better than they were based on the talent that they had on paper. But I think that you give him a pass on that one and you look ahead. And, and now when he's putting together this roster, uh, you know what? You got to get some state of Michigan guys. You know, they got Trey Jackson coming in uh, as a as a kid from Detroit. who didn't really play in the state of Michigan, but he's from the, from the state of Michigan. So to me, I think you're going to see them looking at guys like that. Trey McKinney uh, is another one up in 25 that they, they are looking at strongly. So uh, to me, it's going to be portal guys. And then it's going to be, you know, half portal from, from now on and half preps. And that's just the way it is. And I don't really have an issue with that approach. Mm -mm. Um, you know, if you, if you're going, you know, let's say you land a top 30 guy and then a, a guy who, you know, is, is more of a three or four year player. And then you augment everything else through the portal. I mean, this, the transfer portal this year is, you know, I anticipate it's only going to get crazier in the years to come, but just so many starting caliber options from a lot of really good schools too. Um, so those options are going to be there. I mean, yeah, this, you know, the thing is, I know there's been some discussion about recruiting multiple guards and, oh, is that going to turn some people off? And, you know, the way this roster is built right now and into the future, everyone's going to play. Like, you have a chance to play at pretty much every single position if you come in right now. So I, I do think that that's a, that's a good thing, and, and there's kind of a fit sort of thing that you got to work out there in terms of if guys are cut out for that. Um you know, there's a lot of good high school basketball talent in the state of Michigan, and we don't see them go after a lot of these. They always, it's, I feel like they always end up at either Michigan State or they wind up playing for Penn State or Ohio State or, um, you know, things like that. It's, again, I know there's, you just got to get back to, to getting some of those guys is where I stand on that. So um, just get good players. I mean, it sounds simple, but there just haven't been enough good basketball players that fit together. There's been a lot of piece it together and figure out and see as it comes together, but um, they kind of need to get back to having some sort of vision of what they want to be. Because when you piecemeal it together, the way that they have the last few years, um, I think you get the mixed results that they've put out there. Well, let's be honest though, too. I mean, there are plenty of coaches and programs around the country that are trying to figure out what their long-term strategy is, is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, based on just how much has changed. I mean, I don't think anyone, like everyone knew things were going to change a couple of years ago, but I don't think anyone imagined, um, you know, that would, that it would be like this and there'd be this much turnover uh, at different places. So I think, you know, they're in the same boat as a lot of different programs. I will say this though, about the in-state guys, Kobe Buffkin worked out. And I know, you know, a lot of people wish he stayed longer because he really only had one good year here, but I tell you just kids from Grand Rapids are just built different, man. I mean, there's just something <laughs> about those kids that go from Grand Rapids to Ann Arbor. Uh, Chris knows what I'm talking about. And so I'm a fan of uh, Darrell Fat Fat Brooks, uh, who is uh, who goes to my alma mater, Grand Rapids Catholic Central there. Yeah, not not a shooter. I saw he had 43 points against Ottawa Hills this year. No threes. I mean, all twos. Oh. This, this dude can get to the bucket. Um, and, and they had a couple good guys there. Caleb Brown, who's also going to Wright State now, signed there. Um but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and, and a lot of different guards. And when we talk about guards, too, yeah, Christian Anders is coming in. It doesn't mean you stop recruiting guards. Look at Caleb Love. You know, if he comes in, he's, he's going to be here for a year. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn, one more year. So you're going to need 
more backcourt help there. And one of the things you could knock Jawan Howard for when it comes to roster building during his tenure has been the lack of guards and guard depth. So I don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah. Um, and Travis Let me Perry. ask you this. Let me, yeah, Travis Perry has been fantastic. Yeah, and I think Phil Martelli has been working on him. I was going to say, is it a violation? No, I've seen you shoot. We've seen your videos out there. If you went over to Durrell's, you know, and just maybe taught him a few things. I could work with him. I it might okay. be a violation, though. I don't know. I don't, I, you're not a Michigan grad, so what the hell does it matter, right? Yeah, I'm not a booster that I don't, that or I know. Or a booster. No. So there you have it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I yeah. was saying on the huge show yesterday, I'm going to start kicking in on Hope College's NIL game if they have it. But There you go. Um, <laughs> so uh, anything else on Hoop recruiting uh, a CB? Nope. I think that's about it. Keep an eye on that, uh, Olivia Kamwa. Uh, yes. And you know what? If he was kind of a camp that he has in the G League, I think that's going to determine whether or not he comes back. If he gets an invite to the NBA Combine, you know, if he plays so well in the G League Combine, I think it's going to be tough to keep him out of the draft. So, however, if he, you know, you don't want to root against the kid, but if he doesn't make the NBA Combine, you know what? I think he comes back. If he does come back, I think Michigan's got a great shot at him. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things when Devontae Jones and uh, Hunter Dickinson yes. were going through it a couple of years ago, people were like, I want Hunter to look decent, but not too good. I want Devontae right. to look okay. And really only a couple guys get invites from the elite camp right. to the combine. And there are more guys that will go to the combine than there are draft picks, I believe. Exactly. So it's yep. very, very crowded in that fringe. Like anyone from 60 to 100, um, it's really tough. And and we'll see where Kama ends up. Probably has some options overseas too from yeah. being from Finland. But That'd be a huge land. Um, I think Michigan fans would feel a little bit more comfortable if he would have went the Devontae Jones route where he committed and then right. went through the process. Yeah, because um, he really does want to be a pro. Let's be clear about that. He really yeah. does. That's not just yeah. Rick Barnes talking, folks. He really, really wants to start getting paid to play basketball. Yeah. Um, well, there you have it. There's Olivier Kama's profile there uh, for the people watching on YouTube as well. So he's one to watch as uh, some of this NBA draft prep uh, continues to move on workouts combine here later this month in Chicago. Uh, but we will leave it there for today. Uh, thank you to everybody watching, listening. Make sure to hit the like button and the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, head over to the Wolverine.com. Check out our work over there. $29.99 gets you premium access to all of our content and message board for six months. So check us out over there and we will see everyone next time. 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 Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, 
Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.